Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome and thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to give you some pointers on getting massive publicity and benefiting from kindness. Now, as you know from the ending of my shows every week, when I talk about sow good seeds and do good deeds, well, it comes back to you. And when I give, I give freely without any thought of return. And you know, my show keeps growing. Is there any correlation? We're going to talk about today, Can We Profit from Kindness with Jill Lublin? Now, that title doesn't quite say at all what this is about. This is really, let's call it a higher level learning experience. So please have patience and listen carefully. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief on how businesses respond to shifts in consumer demands, especially during the holidays. Stay tuned for that and tell me what you think. And please listen for news from our sponsor, the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, which helps you reach financial freedom. This show you're hearing now is available because of them. So please take note and hear what they have to say. That's the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast later on in this episode. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Well, meet Jill Lublin. She's a master publicity strategist and consultant with over 200 speaking engagements each year. She's a four-time best-selling author. She teaches publicity, networking, kindness, and influence marketing. All the good stuff. I think that says enough. Let's get into it and learn. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the Tony D'Irso Show. Oh, thank you, Tony. It's a delight to be here. Jill, I've been waiting for this interview for quite some time, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about can we profit from kindness? I've kind of mentioned that I see it, but I really want to explore it thoroughly and go into all the nuances. But perhaps just before we do that, Jill, can we start here? Tell us, what's your backstory? Mm. Well, the backstory is relates to this particular book, The Prophet of Kindness. You know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't expect to write another book, Tony. In fact, the third edition of Guerrilla Publicity had just come out. It's so, so exciting. And then one day I'm taking my 85-year-old friend, she was 85 then, on, a, on an outing. Uh, I've been friends with her for over 30 years and have helped her in her aging journey. Um, all kinds of stuff, you know, what's involved with that. And I remember her looking at me and she said, you know, Jill, wish we had a new currency. Wouldn't it be great if we had a, the kindness currency, the currency of kindness, and, you know, people like you are so kind, you get rewarded in, in many ways. And I, you know, one of those moments when somebody says something to you and it's ding, 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 that was that moment. And I realized the currency of kindness would be a really good book. And I um, appropriately, you know, went to my publishers who've published my other books and I said, what do you think of this idea? And, well, they liked it. Uh, and that's really how this book got started. One comment from a wonderful woman I call my friend. I love that story. Now, you run a business for many, many years, for decades, on generating massive publicity for your clients. How did that vision evolve that got you into that business? So that, that was one of those. Uh, I was in law school, and I frankly hated law school which surprised the heck out of me because I wanted to be an attorney. I thought that that was going to be the way that I could help people. Be an attorney, understand the law, work the system, right? And I thought, well, that'd be really, that'd be really good. Plus, honestly, nobody in my family had even gone to college. So I must admit there was a part of me that wanted to not only, you know, excel and succeed, but do something that would, as I saw it, make a difference. And then I got to law school. And I actually got sick five times that year, my first year of law school. Not real good for a first-year student and all the studying and pressure of law school that there was. I was in one of the top 10 law schools. So I have to say, I dropped out of law school. 
much to my father's chagrin, he's like, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And he said, what is it and how do you spell it? <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring out what the entrepreneur journey is, but I do know how to spell it now. And uh, <laughs> I will tell you that um, it was one of those moments, you know, it was, uh, I felt like a failure dropping out of law school. I hated it, which surprised me. It was very, um, very cerebral and I'm very uh, imaginative and intuitive and creative, all of which makes me great in publicity, not so good in law school. So, um, I, I, you know, it's one of these things I look back on and I'm so glad it happened, but it was painful in the moment. However, here's what's interesting. During law school, I thought I have got to do something that's going to keep me engaged and interested. So I started working for one of the biggest music business attorneys in San Francisco. I mean, I'm talking the Grateful Dead and Journey and Santana and Huey Lewis and the News and all of these wonderful rock and roll bands, mostly rock and roll. And working for that attorney is actually what got me into my next career, which is the music business. And I ended up in the music business for five years um, doing promotion and publicity and actually discovered my talent, right? And I ended up at four, yeah, I count them, four independent record labels. And I, I kind of find it a funny thing that now everything's kind of switched back. You know, records are hot again. And, <laughs> you know, there's waves, right, of, of activity. And I... I uh, did a lot in the music business, mostly in promotion and publicity, and ran the Rock and Roll Museum in San Francisco and did some things in artist management. And I was lucky, you know, I was lucky because I discovered what I did love, which is promotion and publicity. Jill, you got into this, well, you were the attorney in law school, then you went into music, and then from there you realized your talent in publicity. But you could do anything in the world? Why do you do it? What's your purpose on that? Um, you know, I, I have found that I'm very good at messages. I love going underneath the message. People tell you something and that's nice, but what's underneath that, right? And I'm actually good at um, pulling forth messages and consider myself a messenger of messengers. And that has been um, my mission Newly, to be honest, uh, my gift I'm grateful for and the opportunity to serve. And, uh, and then it just kind of evolved itself into a PR agency. And then when I got tapped on the shoulders, I like to call to write guerrilla publicity with Jay Conrad Levinson. Um, that was sort of a next phase and, and closed down my PR firm and said, I want to create a way where entrepreneurs and small business owners can have access to high level PR strategies that most people never have. And that's where that next piece came in. Absolutely amazing. You are, I think, the fifth person, one of five that I've interviewed that studied under Jay Conrad Levinson, the founder of Guerrilla Marketing. Just love Every guest that has been mentored by him, just amazing in what you know in, in that field of publicity and so forth. We're talking about Can We Profit From Kindness with Jill Lublin, and you can find her at jilllublin.com. That's J-I-L-L-L-U-B-L-I-N.com. Jill, let's get into your vision path here. We're entrepreneurs. We're business owners. We love marketing, publicity, public relations. But let's start at the basic, basic here. Can you tell us what really is public relations? Well, it begins with getting yourself out there to create prospects, clients, trust, visibility, credibility. Public relations is, um, I'll call it a bigger term. Think of it like a, there's a marketing tree, right? Because it is part of marketing. There's a marketing tree and one branch is advertising and one branch is publicity. Um, and publicity is unpaid. With advertising, you can pay for it, right? You can control it. With publicity, which is so powerful, is the media features you, interviews you, you get to be the star. And then the believability factor and trust factor goes way, way up. 
because, you know, you can be seen, be heard and get paid. And that's the power of what publicity does is, is gives you that kind of um, recognition factor that supports you in, in putting your message out there. That's a big key in all of this. Okay, now I'm thinking with this, here I am, the entrepreneur, like so many of us in the audience, and I'm pitching myself, and there's so many things that we can say, but let me ask you this, you're the expert, what do we need to know to create a really good media script? So I have a formula, um, and it's super easy. Uh, I teach it in all my publicity courses. We actually do it there, but I'm going to give it to your listeners and viewers right now. And it's a, it's a super simple formula, but you know, you know, when you watch a ballerina dance and it seems so beautiful and so simple and what you don't see is her, you know, six hour rehearsal days, eight hour rehearsal days, years and years of training, right? And that's what good experts do is they make things simple so that you can do them. And and I'm going to do that with you right now. And that is give you a simple formula that I've devised over many years and decades of experience. So what you will do is you fill in this blank. Okay, it's the problem today is and then answer that question, like, what is the problem out there? I didn't actually ask all of you, and I want you to really hear this. I didn't say, what do you do? I said, what's the problem out there in the marketplace, right? So in my case, I might say, you know, the problem today is four out of five businesses will go out of business because you have no clue how to create publicity without spending a fortune. That would be my Simple problem. The other thing I want all of you to get used to is stating things simply. Stating things simply. And what that means is five-year-old language, careful of the big questions, don't take a long time. Listen, most media interviews are five minutes. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Can we profit from kindness with Jill Lublin? But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say the, quote, get a job, buy a house, and retire at 65, end quote. That formula doesn't work anymore. It's a no-brainer. You know this. I want to make it very clear that if you want true financial freedom without being chained to a corporate cog or any other baloney, tune in to the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. This is really important. Listen up. The Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, they share real stories of everyday Americans who have reached financial freedom through real estate investing. If you search for Bigger Pockets Real Estate on your favorite podcast app, you can hear about the single mom who bought back her time with real estate after a toxic divorce. You can hear about the engineer who left his job behind to build a passive income. And you can hear about the former salesman making close to a million dollars a year, renting houses out to traveling nurses. There's so much inspiration and motivation here. Have a listen, check it out. And I want to make it very clear, whether you want to build a business, create an extra income stream, or just leave generational wealth to your kids, the bigger pockets real estate podcast, it's the place to start. And with over 15,000 4.8 star reviews, the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, it's the biggest, baddest, it's the best real estate podcast in the world. So let's do this. Start building wealth and creating financial freedom for yourself by tuning into the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Just type in Bigger Pockets Real Estate on your favorite podcast app. That's Bigger Pockets Real Estate on any podcast app. Check it out, get inspired, get motivated. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Can We Profit from Kindness? with Jill Lublin. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. 
And if you like what you hear, please consider giving a kind review on Apple Podcasts. Look up The Tony D'Urso Show and do your thing. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the chat with Jill. When I was interviewed on seven Fox News interviews, seven Fox TV news interviews for the profit of kindness, let me share with you that I averaged them four minutes and 20 seconds, okay, out of seven of them. So media goes fast. You have to be prepared. You have to, um, shall we say, give your answers in simple, easy, quick ways that people can grasp and hang on to and remember, which is sound bites. So once you deliver the problem today, the other side of that is then I want you to give people real solutions. What are three things they can do? Keep it simple, keep it in present language, and tell people what they can do. That, my friends, will make all the difference. I'm thinking with that, and here I am, I'm writing this, I'm pitching myself, I'm looking to get on interviews. Some of us think, maybe early on, that we need this, I'm a super person, I do this, ooh, ah, all this blitz about me, and what's the ooh, ah factor all about? Hmm, the ooh, ah factor. First of all, I love the ooh, ah factor. It's really about creating a message that gets people paying attention. So, you know, we all, Tony, have parts of us that are interesting, that are dynamic, that are unusual, perhaps. And in most of those cases, with a few exceptions, you want to be able to use that. This is another way to get in media. There's kind of the straight and predictable and, and relatively fast-forwardy way of getting in media, which is using your expertise and what you know. And then there's the other direction, which is your ooh-ah factor. That's where you can use the parts about you that are unique or your ethnicity or your religion. You know, I have my African-American clients use Black media. My Christian clients use Christian media. Women clients use International Women's Day and so on and so forth. So what's super great about this is you can use all parts of who you are and it makes such a major difference for getting out there. I'm thinking with this and now let me tie in what we're talking about on this show, profiting from kindness. So let's ask a point blank, simple question. How does kindness play into all of this? Well, interestingly enough, and, and I have to tell you, I looked at all my books one day and I went, I wrote a book on kindness because all of them are business books, right? Guess what? The Profit of Kindness is a business book. And it is about how does one profit from kindness? Now, you never be kind to create profit. Let me just say that straight. However, and, and listen, I did the research. I had writers help me do research. Kind companies get more publicity, good publicity, by the way. And if you notice, and especially in the market in these past few years, like Honda, the car company, was doing a whole campaign around kindness. One of our big healthcare companies in the Bay Area was doing a whole bus campaign, advertising campaign on human kindness. The word is showing up a lot of places in the lexicon, which I think is really interesting. And that's when you really know, you know, like happiness was a big phenomenon a couple of years ago. Everybody's using the word happiness. Well, guess what? They're using the word kindness now, much more so. And I keep noticing it um, and have seen it very steadily. So that's how companies become more profitable because they are kind, because they create cultures of kindness. You know, Tony, I was in uh, Costa Rica on holiday over Thanksgiving. And here's what's interesting. I remember I was at this one hotel and I asked the question if I could get something specific. And the, the waiter said to me, at this hotel, everything's possible. And I, I, you know, I have to tell you, that felt so good to me. And I thought about how can I use that in my business? In my business, everything is possible. Like, imagine this, if all the businesses that you use, your utility companies, the, the shops where you shop, you know, the big buy stores, imagine if they started using all things are possible here. You know, it's like, wow, <laughs> that just opened up for me a whole world of possibility. And 
um, it, it made me happy. It just made me happy. And I remember I looked at my husband. I'm like, isn't that super cool? Like everything's possible here. Like, you know, I didn't ask for extreme things, but the point is he made everything seem possible. And that whole attitude, let me just tell you, has me coming back recommending this hotel. I mean, everything I can do. Now, is that good business for them? You bet it is. Of course it is. I like that. And I'm just looking at the the factor of kindness and how that can play into that that hotel. That's a very kind gesture saying, hey, you can pretty much do just about anything here. kind of makes it open because usually when you go into a place of business, there's rules. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. All these no, no, no's just kind of put up little walls. But here, that that just opens up the whole thing. And again, here we are, business people, entrepreneurs, and we're going, well, what kindness do I need? How, how do I do it? Do I put on f- free luncheons for the kids at school now and then or pay for their soccer team and get some press? Kind of let's get into some of the nuts and bolts on kindness. Absolutely. Well, in the Profit of Kindness, I have what I call Return on Kindness Principles or ROCKS. That's the acronym, R-O-K, ROCKS, ROCKS of Kindness. So let me give you a few. We have seven of them to be exact. And one is patience. If you are more patient as a company, as a business person in particular, I'm sure, you know, listen, most entrepreneurs, we, and I'm including me in that, are not necessarily known for our patience, right? I mean, we get stuff done. We, you know, we operate on our own little time frames. And um, patience is is not only a virtue, but a return on kindness principle. Because what happens is, as you're that, you know, what it does is, is engender it in the other person. Of course, when I'm writing the chapter on patience for the profit of kindness, what happened? I had to call the utility company. I was put on hold for an hour. Now, I'm sure this has happened to all of us, right? You get put on hold or your plane is late or something. And then uh, my favorite part is when they come back on or, you know, the plane, uh, the pilot comes back on and they thank you for your patience. Now, Tony, I don't know about you, but uh, something goes through my mind that says, who said I was patient? (laughs) I was literally thinking the same thing. That's that's what I'm talking about. Now, you know, that's a fun thing. But um, let me just say, it's not typically the pilot's fault. It wasn't certainly the woman who came back on from the utilities company. It wasn't her fault. But, you know, I've been waiting an hour. I'm not feeling patient. Now, I can blast her. That doesn't help, does it? Uh, it certainly doesn't help her, maybe me a little bit, but not much. And so I think patience, if we can keep in the practice of it, and it is a practice. I have a, somebody who read my book who sent me a thank you note saying they were standing in line feeling very impatient, um, remembering the part about patience. And so they just turned to the person behind them and started talking, created a client relationship. That never would have happened had they not been standing in line. And then, frankly, being patient and then being nice, being kind, turning to the person, engaging in conversation. I like that. And while you were saying that, I was thinking of several times that that happened. And during that moment of waiting for the other business entity, whatever, there's grumbling. People complain, start saying, this is ridiculous. How do I don't stand for? And as soon as someone nice with a nice smile comes out, we're so sorry we're late. Everything's good. The doors are open. Thank you for your kindness. All of a sudden, it changes the whole attitude of everyone. Whereas five minutes ago, they were just grumbling, you know, they wanted to get on their throats. And now they're all like, kumbaya. It's amazing how that just diffuses things. That's right. That's the point, isn't it? And so with that, I think it's really key um, that we look and see how can you be more kind in simple ways, right? So patience is one of them. Flexibility is another. I think in today's times, you have to be more flexible than ever. And, you know, what that looks like is, like, what what can you do that is simple and easy? Yes, 
You know, it could be just somebody says, can we move our appointment for a half an hour, right? Or um, it, just being willing, being willing to be, especially these days, I don't know about you, but I have found people need to reschedule often. Um, there's just stuff going, going on that seems like it wasn't as big before the pandemic, I'll call it. That's just what I've noticed. So I would encourage flexibility as a strategy, as a kindness uh, rock that will support you. And, you know, somebody reminded me about the saying, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. Right? Because think about it. In nature, everything is flexible. Trees and bushes, right? Everything is flexible. So it's important that we be flexible, too. And flexible spines. You age better, just saying. <laughs> it is so true. And I'm not going to mention any names. I don't. It's one of my things. I don't mention names. But I will say years back, there was a very well-known figure. Can I say it in such general terms? That had an issue with uh, people that were um, had like a catastrophe in the area. And this person was well-known and gave it the usual response. Didn't uh, adjust to this catastrophe didn't recognize the seriousness of what had just happened in this area and the backflash was great but i think it was a matter of recognizing something is going on and then being flexible about it and not going to the usual routine you know i, I don't know everything that went on so i can't fault this person but i saw it i was like when something happens you you've got to really take a good hard look at it and as you say be flexible. Otherwise, it can have a serious recoil. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think um, that's, again, these are skills that you practice. These are skills that you get better at. I'm not saying, you know, you're immediately patient, you're immediately flexible, but, you know, certainly the practice of it and learning to just say yes. Yes, I can accommodate you. Yes, we'll make something else work. I mean, I don't know about you. When I'm not feeling well, I am not my best for my clients. I don't want to be a publicity consultant not feeling my best. And I've just noticed if I'm just straight and honest with people, hey, listen, I am not feeling great today. And I want to be my best for you. You know, are you okay with reschedule? Everybody, of course, has said yes, of course, feel better. And anybody who hasn't, (laughs) Um, I really don't want to work with because, to be honest, they're not kind. And, you know, life as we know it um, has changed significantly. And I think we've all got to be willing to change with it. And so um, in kindness, flexibility is key, which leads me to another key, which is compassion. And it, it relates to um Relates to flexibility, relates to all of them, right? But, you know, I remember a client, a publicity client saying to me that she just got diagnosed with cancer. Could she put off her consulting program? I mean, what are you going to say to that? Of course you can do that, right? And let me just share with you my opening story for the Profit of Kindness begins with my coach who, you know, um, did an amazingly kind thing for me because. One stormy night in Canada while I was speaking, I actually fell and fractured both ankles in multiple places. Can you believe it? Both of them. Ow. And um, I was actually not only uh, not able to walk. I mean, I was in a wheelchair for close to six months. I certainly couldn't have my career like I had it before. Um, I would, certainly was in terrible pain, especially the first two months. And, you know, when you're in pain, it's very hard to, uh, shall I say, solidly communicate and, you know, to be really present for my clients. And, of course, everything had to shift and change and schedules needed to change. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Can we profit from kindness? With Jill Lublin. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, just a fast note here that you made a note to check out the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. You're going to find it on your 
favorite podcast app. That's the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. And with that, you're going to start building wealth and creating financial freedom for yourself. So check it out and get inspired, get motivated. The Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Can We Profit from Kindness with Jill Lublin. And check out my elite entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at tonydurso.com slash podcast. And I do mean all seven years of interviews are found on the Master Archives at tonydurso.com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Chill. And one thing that needed to change for me was I needed to cancel coaches because I felt like I, I couldn't afford them anymore. I mean, my whole business was kind of burst, burst through, right? And I called up my coach and now we had been working together for quite a while. And I said, Mark, you know, I adore you and love you. And this is what happened. And the truth is, I can't afford to keep my coaching sessions right now. And you know what he said? Well, Jill, I think we need to get you back on your feet. And I'm going to be working with you until you can. And we'll work out a payment schedule. And do you know, Tony, he never even charged me for those months. Months we were working together where I was still, you know, in a coaching relationship with him, talking through, sometimes just crying, you know, just having somebody that I could cry with safely. And then he'd work me through that, right? And okay, what's one thing we can do next kind of thing? Well, let me share with you, he opens up my stories of the profit of kindness is somebody so kind in business. And this is why he's successful to this day. He's been president of national organizations. He speaks for major banks, you know, he's because he's a good guy. And it kind of comes back down to that, doesn't it? Like, you know, don't you often say about people, well, you know, I like them. And that's why many times you do business with them. Wouldn't you say that's true? Absolutely. What a great story. I absolutely love it. Great act of kindness. Amazing. Can you share with us another one? But I did want to ask you a couple of publicity type PR questions, which are very similar, but a little different. But I wanted to check because you said you had several points on kindness to go over. Did you have another one that you wanted? Well, I actually, um, yeah, well, thank you. I think, I think three is really good. You got to read the book for the rest. That's totally okay. Because you are a publicity expert of many decades, as I mentioned in the intro, and this question is similar to the other question with the ooh-ah factor. Maybe it's the same thing, but I just want to make sure because in looking through your material, a lot of material, and I'm not an expert on you, you talk about using everything you got. And that hit a chord with me. And I go, oh, I got to ask Jill this question. So tell us about using everything you got. Well, you told me you're Italian, right? So I'd be looking at Italian newsletters and, and media oriented toward the Italian market. Um, and, and let's use some of that just, you know, for fun. I mean, that's only the place we'd start. So I always look at what's the obvious. Like one of my clients in my publicity course, she, I look across the Zoom room and I'm like, what ethnicity are you? She says, I'm Filipino. I said, great. How would you feel about going out? I know you came in here to grow your digital marketing agency, which is what she was promoting, right? But how would you feel about going out with hashtag Stop Asian Hate? And that would be a very interesting story. And she said, of course, I'll do whatever it takes, right? Great attitude. Well, guess what? By going out with hashtag Stop Asian Hate, she got featured in a major Filipino business publication as one of the top 30 under 30 businesses. She was 28 at the time. Now, we didn't even capitalize on the 28-year-old part. We capitalized on the Filipino part. That's use everything you've got. And I'm going to tell you something. That story of being, you know, 30 under 30, 
not only got her even more publicity, it got her on Les Brown stages. She'd wanted to speak for Les Brown for years. That was one of her big dreams. Guess what happened? Because she got featured because of publicity, he stood up and paid more attention to her. She got actually two speaking engagements that week. She got a, uh, I think it was 37% increase in her web visits that week. And crowning glory, she got 12 prospects coming right in and seven of them became clients within a week. Okay, so that leaves five more working in and, and obviously the ongoing visibility. The other thing is she always for a lifetime can say, I've been featured as one of the top 30 businesses under 30. You know, so the brackability factor, the um, credibility factor, the uh, what I like to call the three M's of publicity that helps you to monetize, to multiply, and to magnetize. That's what publicity does. And her ooh-ah factor, using everything she's got, is a great example of that. I love that story. One last thought-provoking publicity public relation type question. We can advertise that costs hard cash to buy a click, buy a lead, buy a whatever, buy a sale, or we can promote, we can get publicity. Can you comment on the return on investment on publicity? Absolutely. Well, you know, yes, you can actually spend a lot of money on advertising and, you know, it's okay. I mean, I'm not opposed to advertising because you can control it. But what I love about publicity is, come on, don't you believe more so an article you read about somebody or you just saw them on TV or you heard them on the Tony Durso show, right? You, you, it's on podcasts. There's a believability factor and an immediate credibility that gets attached to publicity. In other words, it's not an ad. You haven't bought it. And that is powerful. Um, so I'm a big believer and I've seen, I mean, and I can tell you story after story, a woman selling 42 books in a 15-minute podcast, right? I mean, where else can you sell that quickly? And, you know, phones ringing as soon as somebody gets featured in a magazine or a newspaper. And I've seen it and I've heard these stories of tickets selling out and, and products selling out, that kind of good stuff. So what I'm um, suggesting is that publicity is free. It's simple. Um, it, it's the powerful, uh, let me call it building process that supports others to know not only that you exist, but to very consciously look at you in a really different way because your credibility factor has gone way up. It's like, I, I call it the, I've heard of you somewhere syndrome. I've seen you somewhere on TV, on radio, heard you on a podcast, saw you in a blog, whatever it is, you've been seen somewhere. And that, my friends, is going to make all the difference. And that's something you can't easily pay for to get that type of credibility. So I love it. Well, actually, Tony, while you're talking about that, let me just tell you um, that in the PR world, we actually measure how much, uh, let's say you get a, a paragraph in a, in a local newspaper, and how much would that have cost you? So um, one of my clients got a one-page article, which would have cost $50,000 if she had taken out ad spend on it. $50,000 handed to you. That's the power of publicity. And I can guarantee you that most of the publicity you would get would be uh, far more, uh, far more, you, you couldn't pay for it. Let me just say that. Far more expensive if you did pay for it. And if you're not Coca-Cola with billion dollar, you know, budgets, publicity is the way to go because it's free. This is the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Can we profit from kindness? With Jill Lublin. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We're 
with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You're listening to The Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Erso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is, Can We Profit from Kindness? with Jill Lublin. And now, back to the chat with Jill. And Jill, you have a free publicity crash course to kind of take people through the basics. So I understand that if we go to your site, jilllublin.com, we can uh, we can actually get that class. Yes, I have a free publicity masterclass right with me, live, interactive. Please, when you click on the uh, free gift, it is part of the free gift. So let's see you there. So let's do it. Thank you so much. Well, once again, we talked about Can We Profit from Kindness with Jill Lublin. And again, you can find her at jilllublin.com and you can get a hold of that masterclass. Jill, thank you so much for sharing. It was fast. It was wonderful. It was packed with information. I'm going to listen to this again as well. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tony, for having me. Always great to be here with you. Here's an insider's brief on how businesses respond to shifts in consumer demands, especially during the holidays. We're going to focus on holiday trends and how consumers changing demands have pushed retailers and travel providers to dramatically change their business strategies. We speak with Carl Holler, partner, Consumer Center of Competency Leader at IBM. Hi, Carl, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on today, Tony. Carl, it seems that a lot of consumers are very worried about the holiday seasons. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So um, at, at IBM, we study the consumer on a regular basis, and we just completed a global survey of about 12,000 people to understand their mood, mindset, and intentions with regard to uh, holiday shopping and holiday shopping and travel. Um, one of the big takeaways is that the main thing that is front and center on consumers' minds this year is the economy. Um, and if you think about it in the long term, that's typically what's on consumers' mind, but it hasn't actually been front and center for consumers since 2019. Um, the last two years, COVID has been top of mind for consumers. Um, but this year, COVID has largely moved to the back burner. Um, and we saw that about six in 10 consumers are worried about the economy more this year than they were last year. And while it's not great that people are worried about the economy, I think on the whole, people would rather be worried about the economy than worried about you know, themselves or a loved one you know, just going out and getting sick or having to go to the hospital um, just by doing the things they want to do during the holiday. Yeah, that seems so true. So how are people preparing themselves for the holiday season? You know, the consumer just wants to have a normal holiday. They want to shop. They want to travel. They want to go out to eat. They want to see a movie or a show. They, they just want to visit with friends and family. Um, so a couple things that we saw from our survey, um, we saw in, uh, increases in the intended spending. Um, consumers say they plan to spend about 8% more than they did last year shopping for the holidays and almost 50% more this year on travel for the holidays uh, versus last year. Um, and both of these things, travel and shopping, are starting to happen earlier this year. Um, about 6 in 10 consumers said they plan to start their holiday shopping before the end of October. and. 80% of consumers said they plan to buy their holiday travel before the end of October. So really the, the consumer for, for the consumer success is being able to do what they want and they're getting out there and doing it. And what are some of the biggest priorities for consumers shopping and traveling during the holidays? So the, the interesting thing with consumers is that, you know, we've got 350 million people in this country. And so not all consumers want the same thing. 
um, what we found is the most well-off consumers, um, those with the most money to spend who have not been negatively impacted by COVID, they're really looking for unique products and personalized service. Um, and about seven in 10 of these consumers say this is very important for them this holiday. The less well-off consumers, they're looking for a little bit more flexibility, especially in payment. You know, two-thirds of those consumers are, uh, are looking at things like buy now, pay later options so that they can be prepared and manage their, uh, manage their checkbook. Um, you know, all consumers want flexibility and safety. They want brands or retailers that will offer free cancellations, that will offer order changes or offer free returns, and they still do want a COVID-safe environment. Um, and one of the things that was surprising from this study is that sustainability is still important. Um, for most consumers, sustainability became more important during COVID. It went from, you know, I, I, I look at it as it went from being tomorrow's problem for someone else to being something I care about today. And we were concerned that you know, coming out of COVID as we get back to normal, um, and frankly, as the economy starts to get um, uh, more uh, uncertain, we were concerned that people might revert back to their pre-COVID behavior with sustainability. But in fact, it's maintained its importance and in some cases have gotten more, has become more important. Um, it is making a difference um, for, for consumers a retailer's or a brand's position on sustainability is making a difference in terms of how consumers think about where to shop, what brands to buy, um, where they might travel, and how they might get there. Now let's get into the business sector. Are businesses being impacted by consumer shift in shopping and travel decisions? Uh, they definitely are. Um, the, that's the thing about uh, companies that are working on the front lines and dealing with consumers is they're always impacted by uh, shifts in consumer behavior. Um, so one of the things we saw out of our study is a, uh, you know, a bit of a return to in-store shopping. Um, last year, we saw that roughly four in 10 consumers said they were going to primarily shop for their holidays online. Um, this year, that's actually down to about one-third, which means two-thirds of people are either shopping in-store completely or shopping in what we call a hybrid manner, uh, where maybe they're buying something online and picking it up in the store, or they're buying in-store but having the goods delivered to your home or maybe shipped directly to a gift recipient. Um, so things that we're seeing the, uh, the industry do is they are all trying to get back out and make sure they have enough staff available, you know, whether that's staff in a store or in a restaurant or um, you know, working in a hotel or an airline to be able to handle the amount of demand coming in from consumers. Um, the, the other thing the industry is doing is they have accelerated their shift into holiday. Uh, most major retailers have already started their Black Friday specials. Some, frankly, started back in October. And when I've been out visiting stores, I'm seeing discounts of 30 to 40 percent. And in some cases, 50 to 60 percent off. Um, there's plenty of product out there, and retailers are uh, are accelerating some of the discounts that normally don't happen until much later in the season. And how are companies responding to the changes in consumer demands? So, in addition to um, uh, to what I talked about in in moving up their Black Friday specials and uh, and discounting. Um, yeah, I think it's important to remember that the, the industry has to balance a lot of needs. So they have to balance the needs of their customers. They also have to balance the needs of the business and their investors, you know, the needs of the community and the planet, and frankly, the needs of their employees. And you know, I, I can't stress enough the part about the employees. And I think as much as all of our lives have been disrupted by COVID or impacted by COVID, um, and as much as we want to have a normal holiday, so too do the people who work in the retail stores, the airports, restaurants, and hotels. All of those service workers 
who have been on the front lines the past two or three years. They've not been sitting at home on Zoom calls. They've been out there doing their jobs on their feet, wearing masks for, you know, 12 to 16 hours a day and, you know, having to deal with us, you know, us crazy consumers out there. Um, and often they've been doing it, you know, at, at, at relatively low wages. Um, so I think it's always important for every consumer to remember this year that to extend that holiday spirit, to recognize the efforts of the cashier in the store or the person who delivers packages or waits on you in a restaurant. And whether that's a little extra in the tip jar or just a heartfelt thanks, I know it will go a long way to them. Absolutely. Kindness goes a long way. Carl, where can our listeners go for more information? So the holiday study and all of our IBM Institute for Business Value studies are available at ibm.com forward slash IBV. Carl, thanks so much for joining us today. This was very informative. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. We discussed, can we profit from kindness with Jill Lublin? We talked about a number of things starting at the basic basic, like what really is public relations? And we talked about pitching ourselves and what do we need to know about creating a great media script? We talked about that ooh-ah factor. I love that one. And we went over several principles on kindness and how that plays into it. We talked about putting everything we got into it and how to do that. And we talked about the return of investment on publicity. I loved it. So please tell me, what did we talk about that resonated with you? I'd love to hear from you. And please remember supporting this show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can access Apple Podcasts from any web or mobile device. Please try and leave a kind review. I appreciate it. Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Erso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Erso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 